Heavenly Father, we want to thank you for another opportunity to hear your word. We want to thank you for all that you have been teaching us thus far. We trust that your name and your name alone will be glorified even as we go through the teachings today. Thank you, everlasting Father. In Jesus' name we have prayed. Amen. We'll take our scripture text again, Haggai chapter 2, verse 1 to 5. In the seventh month, on the twenty-first of the month, the word of the Lord came by Haggai the prophet, saying, Speak now to Zerubbabel, the son of Shealtiel, governor of Judah, and to Joshua, the son of Jehozadak, the high priest, and to the remnant of the people, saying, Who is left among you who saw this temple in its former glory? And how do you see it now? In comparison with it, is this not in your eyes as nothing? Yet now be strong, Zerubbabel, says the Lord. And be strong, Joshua, son of Jehozadak, the high priest. And be strong, all you people of the land, says the Lord. And work, for I am with you, says the Lord of hosts. According to the word that I covenanted with you when you came out of Egypt, so my spirit remains among you. Do not fear. May the Lord bless the of his word in Jesus' name. Amen. So we continue with our discussion on God's assessment of the work of his hands and the truth about the work of God. So far, we have made note of six things. The first one is that no work of God seems to be glorious in the beginning, but even at that, we must continue to do the work. The second thing we noted is that God does his work step by step, that God is a God of process, a little here, a little there. The third thing is that God assesses his work also in stages, step by step. God will not proceed to step two until he has finished assessing step one and found it to be correct. And then last week we began to look at the fourth one, which tells us that God does not see things the way we see things. We tend to look at things based on what is familiar to us, based on something that we already have seen. But God does new things every time. That took us to number five, that if we are to appreciate what God is doing through us, we must look at that work through the eye of God. For example, we tend to judge whether a church is doing well or not based on what we know of how churches should grow or what we have seen of other churches. But when we go to God, God is the one who can tell us whether a church is doing okay or not. Finally, we said that a glorious work is the work of God done according to his instructions and by his spirit through us. So let's move on to conclude today. The seventh thing we want to note is that God works in us through us and with us by his spirit. God works in us through sanctification. That is, he cleanses us and changes us completely into the image of his son, and then we are ready for work. And then he's able to work through us when we have surrendered to him. Sanctification actually enables us to submit to God. So if we accept the work of sanctification, then we will easily surrender and allow God to walk through us. And then because we have surrendered to God, he is now able to walk with us. So we see that God walks in us through sanctification, walks through us as we surrender and walks with us as we go side by side with him. Our role is to submit to the Holy Spirit's leading. That's all. The Bible tells us that as long as we follow the leading of the Holy Spirit, we will not do the work of the flesh. And it tells us that those who are Christ's have crucified the flesh and its affections so that we can follow the leading of the Spirit of God. As long as we are still looking to how men are doing things and wanting to compare ourselves by what they are doing, we will not be able to do the work of God as God wants it done. Sometimes we see a big church, we see large numbers of people and we begin to wonder, how are they doing it? Why can we not do it that way so that we can also have a large size? That brings us to point number eight. 
A work is glorious only because God is doing it by His Spirit. What many people call a glorious work may not be a glorious work in the eye of God. A large church may be glorious in the eyes of men, but if God is not the one who is doing that work, it will not be glorious. Because we are trying to copy people, we end up doing works that are not glorious in the sight of God. But we must always remember that a work is glorious only because God is the one doing it by His Spirit. In fact, it is what the Bible calls good works. Any work, no matter how big, no matter how glorious it may seem in the sight of men, if God is not the one doing it by His Spirit, it is called dead works. Last week we noted how God compared the lilies that is growing by the wayside to the glory of Solomon. And the Bible tells us that the lily by the roadside is more glorious than Solomon in the fullness of his glory because it is God who clothed the lilies. So whatever it is that God has asked you to do is a good work. And when you apply yourself to do it, it becomes a glorious work because God is the one doing it through you. And that brings us to point number nine and the final one that we want to discuss. The Bible tells us that when God was doing the work of creating the world, he merely spoke and it was done. So we must understand that God's word energizes us and his spirit empowers us to do his work. God saw that the children of Judah were feeling despondent because they did not think the work they were doing was glorious. So he came to energize them by speaking to Zerubbabel, the leader, speaking to Joshua, the high priest, and speaking to the people in general. The Lord Jesus Christ himself said that the time is coming and the hour indeed has come when the dead will hear the voice of the Son of God and those who hear will live. So as many of us as may be feeling despondent at this point in time about the work of God that we are doing, that why is it not moving the way we expect it to move? How come we don't have the kind of funds that other people have? How come we don't have the kind of people that we need to have? God is sending a word here to tell you, do not be afraid, do not be worried, just do the work. It is a glorious work in his eyes. And he's telling us that his spirit is still with us to give us the power, the grace, and the ability to continue to do his work. You remember in Acts chapter 1 verse 8, the Lord Jesus Christ told the disciples that they will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon them and they will be witnesses unto him everywhere in the world. In fact, the Bible tells us in Luke chapter 24 that he came and breathed on them and said they should receive the Holy Spirit. The resource that you and I need to be able to do the work of God is the Holy Spirit. Every other thing will come because the Spirit of God is with us in that work. The finance we need, the favor we need, everything that we need will come because the Spirit of God is in that work. Sometimes we do not have the physical resources, yet we have the favor of God going ahead of us to do what the physical resources could have done, but the favor will not do it. So I want to conclude by letting us note that God's assessment of glory is different from the assessment of man of glory. The Bible tells us that when Jesus Christ came, nobody looked at him. They despised him. They thought that he was a wicked man. Yet, what he was doing was the work of God. In fact, in Philippians chapter 2, we are told that he came as a man. He humbled himself and he went to the cross, the death on the cross. The death on the cross was reserved for the worst of criminals. But because Jesus despised the shame and went to the cross in obedience to the Father, the Bible says, Therefore, God has highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name, either on the earth, underneath the earth 
or in heaven. And he says that at the mention of the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess. In the same way, when we do the work of God as he has instructed, we will receive our rewards in eternity. Men may laugh at us, but God will reward us in eternity. When God wanted to speak to the nation of Israel, he did not speak through the emperor of Rome. He did not speak through Pilate the governor. He did not speak through Herod the tetrarch. He did not even speak through the high priests that were present in Israel. Instead, he spoke to Israel through John the Baptist who was in the wilderness. A man who was eating locust and honey only. A man who was dressed in scanty clothing. In fact, the Lord Jesus Christ remarked at one time, he said, when you went to look at John, who did you go to meet? A man dressed in silk? He said, no, you went to see a prophet and John the Baptist was indeed a prophet. So we may not be well dressed. We may not have fine houses. We may not have fine church buildings. But if it is God that has called us to do the work, it is a glorious work in the sight of God. Finally, let me read this passage of scripture. 1 Corinthians chapter 1 from verse 26 to verse 29. For you see your calling, brethren, that not many wise according to the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble are called. But God has chosen the foolish things of the world to put to shame the wise. And God has chosen the weak things of the world to put to shame the things which are mighty. And the best things of the world and the things which are despised, God has chosen. And the things which are not to bring to nothing the things that are, that no flesh should glory in his presence. I want you to know that God saw many mighty people and noble people before he saw you, yet he chose you. God chose you on purpose because he wants to use you to defeat the mighty and the noble. God has seen you to be weak, but he has pleased him to use you to destroy the things that are strong. And why does God do this? So that no flesh can glory in his presence. One thing that is destroying the work of God on earth today is the pride and arrogance of many preachers in the church. Many people forget where they were picked from by God and they want to be like the people of the world. But God saw them the way they were and he chose them like that. He did not want them to be like the people of the world. So God is saying to you and I today, I am the one who is using you to do a glorious work. People may laugh at what you are doing, but I know that I'm the one asking you to do this work by my spirit. Fear not, let not your hearts be troubled. There may be challenges along the way, but God says, I am with you even in that challenge. So be bold, be courageous, and go and do the work of God. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we want to thank you for that which we have heard today. We pray, Almighty God, that you will speak continually to our hearts. You will change our perception and enable us to recognize that it is your assessment that counts, not the assessment of men. It is your presence in our work that makes it glorious, not what men see. That it is you and your spirit at work in us, at work through us, and working with us that makes your work to be glorious. Thank you for this knowledge. In Jesus' name, I have prayed.